Hey everyone, welcome to episode 171, What is Catastrophizing? Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So I like to teach you and myself lots of the bigger words because when we can teach it to ourselves, then we are much more likely to explain it to our kids when they do it. So the more well-informed that we are, the more that we can teach them because we have to actually be able to do the skill before we can teach it. Just like riding a bike. We can't teach someone how to ride a bike unless we know how to ride a bike first. Just like I can't teach my kids Spanish and they're both in Spanish and struggling because I don't know Spanish. So I'm just sitting here like with twiddling my thumbs like, yeah, I wish I could help you with that. Mm, not so much. I wish I would have taught it to them when they were younger, but like that ship has sailed. And so now they're just going to have to go on. They're getting a tutor online. They can go to different websites to help them. Babbel's another one. Duolingo is another one they're on. Their teacher, obviously, their book. So they're kind of having to teach themselves. And they have lots of friends that are helping them as well. So I'm kind of like fish out of water because I wish I could help them, but I am like very basic. So un poquito espanol. I know that. That means I speak very little Spanish. Or no hable espanol. They're way beyond the no hable espanol stage. They're not learning their numbers and colors and agua for water. They're way beyond that. So it's kind of like not really sure how to help either girl and boy. So catastrophizing is when we ask the Googles, Googles says catastrophizing occurs when an individual assumes the worst will come true. And I think we all do this to some degree. And this kind of piggybacks on the all or nothing thinking that we have. And it goes on to say, it typically involves a belief that one is in a more dire situation than normal. Most of the time, the individual mistakenly exaggerates the problems he or she faces. Now, this is a great example of when I was watching Lily when she was three years old, playing on the playground by herself, following her teacher around at 10 o'clock in the morning, going up, 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 mommy, 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 and just crying, crying, crying. And literally, she's two years old. And I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have any friends. What's going on? And I just catastrophized. And I went down the rabbit hole. And all of a sudden, I literally said to myself, this is when I was unconscious, so I didn't even know. And I use this story all the time because it just shows how you can have one little thought and then it just turns into the snowball effect of just all of a sudden, and I literally said, she's not going to go to prom. Like, what? Like, I think about that now and I'm like, what? I, I wasn't able to stop the snowball because I just kept going and going and then I'm crying. I'm watching through a window because I was in an empty classroom and she was at a daycare, which was at my school that I was teaching at. I think I was a counselor then. And I'm watching out this empty classroom out of the playground, like, oh, I want to see how she's doing. And she's still crying. We dropped her off like at 730. And I'm sure she was crying on and off. But literally, that's what went through my mind. And I didn't stop it because I didn't know it. I didn't 
I didn't even, I wasn't even aware to say, hey, you know what? You might be catastrophizing a little bit. You might be borrowing worry. This kind of piggies it backs on that too. When I was a teacher, I loved, loved, loved teaching reading. That was like my jam. I loved taking a first grader who knew like letters and sounds and some sight words and taking them to chapter books in 180 days. That was like, I love that. I love the progress. That's one of the reasons why I love first grade so much. So when my kids are two and three and they're like not knowing all their letters and sounds, I started catastrophizing. They're never going to learn how to read. They're going to be they're going to be held back. They're going to fail out of school. Like I just went down the rabbit hole and I couldn't stop the snowball. So I want to teach you what catastrophizing is because this is what your brain will do. And it's trying to protect you. So just know that catastrophizing is normal. It's like one little negative comment pops in your head and then it just turns into the spiral effect. Think of like a tornado. And they give the example of like if your boss uses one, says one little negative comment or something offhanded, or maybe they're being sarcastic or you're not really sure how to understand them, then all of a sudden you ruminate and you think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired. And then I'm not going to have a job. And then I'm not going to be able to find a job in this economy. And then I'm going to be homeless. And then I'm going to be living under the bridge. And then I'm going to be drug addicted because I'm trying to sell drugs and then I'm going to try the drugs. And so our brain can literally spiral. And your kids will do this too. I remember when the kids were little, I pick one of my kids up at school and all of a sudden they would just start bawling. As soon as I got in the car, I'm like, what's going on? They're like, I have to do my homework. I have to say my prayers. I have to eat dinner. I have to go to sports. I have to do this. They were like literally catastrophizing all the things and they weren't going to have enough time. And it was like three o'clock and they were catastrophizing. Like I'm going to run out of time. So they were crying in advance because they were so overwhelmed with all the thoughts that they were spinning and thinking about. So we go down that rabbit hole and we can't get out of it because our ruminating and our perseverating and our circular thinking just keeps going and going and going. Almost like instead of thinking of a tornado, think about going down a toilet bowl. It's like I have one little thought that she's not adjusting well on the playground and all of a sudden fast forward to she's not going to prom. And who says you have to go to prom? I was coming from an extroverted self where I wanted my child to be extroverted. And just because she wasn't, then I thought that something had gone wrong or I was doing something wrong as a parent. Ironically, guess where Lily's going in a couple weeks? Homecoming. I'm like, what? It's so full circle. And it's just, it's laughable now, but you can actually not be mad at your ego, just kind of laugh with it and be like, of course you're perseverating. Of course you're ruminating. Of course you're catastrophizing. You're trying to protect me. Thank you. You don't get mad about it. It's like a bully. The worst thing to do when you have a bully is to give them all attention and let them know that they're just dragging you down and they're upsetting you. You just kind of play along with it. This could stem from past trauma. This could be caused from past pain. This could be caused from maybe you saw your parents overreact or maybe they were perfectionists and they just criticized every little thing that you did. You might have experienced trauma in your past. So you think that trauma and pain is around every single little corner. So the brain remembers that pain and trauma holds on to it and is like, Oh no, no, we're not going through that again. So when things are good, it's hard to lean into that joy because the joy becomes foreboding. And Brene Brown, one of my favorite coaches, she's ever said, when we lose our tolerance to vulnerability, joy becomes foreboding. I want to normalize this for you as much as possible because when it's good, it's scary because it's good. Because we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's just the brain's way of remembering like, hey, remember when we were in that relationship with that person and we got hurt? So we're not going to do that again. And we're going to blanket statement all the people around us. Then we can't get close to anybody. Because that one person 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, three months ago hurt us. So then we put this blanket label on all people hurt. And so then we get, we go into our shell. We hide. We cower. Because the brain's like, oh, no, 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 no. I know that person's name was Jimmy, but now we can't trust anybody. Now we have to hide underneath the bed. Not, not literally, but figuratively. 
And so it's curious why we do this. And so I've talked a little bit about like, it's trying to protect us. It's trying to keep us safe. It wants us to go back in the cave. It wants us to hide under the bed. It wants us to not feel vulnerable. It doesn't want us to feel joy because once we feel too much joy, then it gets scared. And it's like, oh, we're going to sabotage this. This is no bueno. Oh, look at me speaking Spanish. And I love the way they explained it. They said individuals would rather be in charge of a bad situation happening than have it catch them off guard. Like what? And they use the example, a woman might start a fight with her spouse or her boyfriend because she's afraid that he's going to leave her. So by taking charge of the situation, by sabotaging the relationship, by creating arguments, creating spats, sweating the small stuff, getting upset about little things, the mind is like saying, oh yeah, I get to be the one in charge if I'm going to get hurt. So we don't want to give that emotional power to someone else because they might hurt us. So we hurt our feelings in advance. So we're not surprised and hurt when it happens. It's a way to control the controllable, even though it's really out of our control. And sometimes when I do start catastrophizing, obviously I call myself out. I might say it to myself or I might say it to David or the kids or a friend or my sister's like, I know I'm catastrophizing, but just let me catastrophize a little bit. Let me borrow worry. Because then it doesn't have so much power because you kind of bring it out into the light and shame and sadness and scarcity and fear love to live in the dark. And usually if worst case scenario happens, we sometimes I like to play out worst case scenario. Dr. Phil once said, if you're scared of something, then just turn on the lights. It's like being scared of a monster in the, in the closet. Turn on the lights, open up the closet, like face it versus just stuffing and stuffing and catastrophizing and just going down that rabbit hole and play out the worst case scenario. Like what if this did happen? And usually we underestimate ourselves in our ability to handle the tricky or sticky situation or the things that we're thinking is going to be the worst case scenario. So I wish I could go back to myself when she was two on the playground and thinking, what if she doesn't go to prom? Oh my gosh, her life. So she's going to be a hermit. She's not going to be like, la, 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 la. I wish I'd be like, okay, what if she doesn't go to prom? Okay. Then what? Big whoop to do. I'll save a lot of money on a limo and a dress. Why, why do I think that's bad? I, I keep pulling away the layers of why do I think that's even bad anyway? A lot of people don't go to prom. No biggie. But I was unconscious, so I just kept going. And then all of a sudden I'm crying because of one little thought, one little vision. And then we have those thoughts and we have that thinking. Then our brain goes to look for evidence of it. So I went to go to look for evidence of all the times that my kids weren't reading, weren't getting the grades. Because if they didn't get the grades, then all of a sudden they're not going to go to college. Or they didn't make a team, so then their career is over in that sport. Or they got in trouble at school. Oh my gosh, they're going to be stealing cars when they're 16 because they got a note home in pre-K. This is what our brains do. And so it's overreacts a lot of times on the kids because we're so afraid that that's going to happen. So we lose our minds trying to prevent that from happening. And the kid's like three, listen, I just got a note home because I was talking. That doesn't mean I'm going to steal cars, mom. But the three-year-old doesn't know that. They just see mom or dad flipping out. They're like, whoa, slow your roll, chicky. What's up with you? And so when we assume the worst case scenarios, we don't believe that we're capable of managing adversity. And sometimes when I'm playing with and I'm catastrophizing, I'm going down the rabbit hole. I'm like, you know what? You've kind of dealt with a lot of stuff before. When I hear your stories of the things that you've dealt with or are currently dealing with, I'm like, whoa, what an amazing human. What an amazing, resilient spirit. But we don't give ourselves credit for that. So then when we do start catastrophizing, we don't give ourselves credit in the scenario that we're making up in our mind that we can probably handle it. We've handled much worse, much harder, much scarier. So when you catch yourself doing it or your loved ones, 
then you can be like, oh yeah, you're catastrophizing. I've totally done that. It's completely normal, especially when our kids do it. They like learning big words, depending on their age and stage. They like learning terms like this because then when they are doing it, they will literally say, I'm borrowing worry. I'm catastrophizing. They're going to use that lingo to know what's happening versus allowing themselves to go down the rabbit hole without any mind management. Because like we always talk about, if we don't manage our mind, our mind will manage us. And when you're able to manage your mind and try to be conscious as much as possible, but it's not going to be hundred percent, then we can teach our kids and our spouse and our loved ones who's ever living in our four walls, not by telling them what to do, but by showing and modeling and embodying for them, all these different things that we're learning. And then we give them the tools because we can't give them the tools unless we have them ourselves first. Just like I can't teach my kids Spanish and I would love to, there's nothing harder than seeing them struggle in a, in a subject, but I know that I'm not equipped to kind of like when I was trying to teach Grady golf and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. How am I going to teach you golf? So then I got lessons. I still can't really teach them, but I can hang with them and play with them. I can't really teach them. It's not to that level because you learn something and then you can apply it. And then to teach it brings it to the next level. So when you're applying this in your life, then you can give that gift to your kids. So they have more tools to the toolbox. And then in the end, the goal of all of this is to have more harmony in the home. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.